Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to the overnight crowd on your Tuesday evening going into Wednesday morning. Bray Loveridge. With you across SEN, right around Australia. Keep sending your text through 0433981116. But just hold those calls at the moment because Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast is joining me to talk all things ICC T20 Cricket World Cup. Paul, good evening to you. Hey, Bray. How are you going? Good. How are you? Yeah, um, I'm a little bit disappointed, I suppose, as an Australian fan. It's... um. Uh, the night promised so much because England looked like, the, at, at one point, having been on top for most of the game, New Zealand looked like they'd actually clawed their way back into it and briefly, I think, became favourites. And that's what Australia needed. Um, and then it all kind of collapsed in a heap and before you knew it, England had won. So our path to the semi-finals now becomes rather problematic. Yeah, it sure does. Well, we'll go back to uh, Monday night because obviously the Aussies... Uh, played Ireland up at the Gabba, and a man who was questioned about his form, being Aaron Finch, uh, came through and hit a nice innings, 63 off 44, to bring some form back for him. Yeah, he was man of the match. Um, and uh, oh, I think there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Number one, um, he, he played a very decent innings. Australia uh, gave a, a fairly good thrashing to Ireland, although Ireland um, rallied at the end and reduced the margin um, quite substantially. But we got the two points, and um, we made a substantial improvement in our net run rate. Um, I think we knocked about 1.2 uh, off it, so it was starting to look a lot healthier. And I suppose the only thing is that um, I would have liked to see the Aussies maybe um, score a few more runs uh, against Ireland, 179, albeit Ireland bowled well. And then Australia had Ireland uh, 5 for 25 or something like that. From that position, it would have been really good to see the Australians... Um, completely knock them over and wipe away the deficit and more between them and England as far as the net run rate is concerned. But yeah, um, good to see Aaron Finch get some runs. Uh, disappointing for, for, for him that now uh, his hamstring is under question as yeah. uh, the hamstrings of uh, Marcus Stoinis and Tim David as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, you touched on briefly that second innings from Ireland. Uh, they had them five for 25 at one stage. They could have been skidded for a very, very low target. But Lochran Tucker, he was a bit of a star last night for the Irish and, in a way, sort of helped England, in their case, for a spot in the finals by not, uh, well, keeping Australia's net run rate very, very low. That's the thing, that um, had Australia um, really uh, followed through and knocked, in, and knocked Ireland out from, for, you know, bowled them out for 50 or 60, then the net run rate situation would have been significantly different. As it is, even though the, the win that England had uh, tonight wasn't enormous, that's bumped their net run rate up uh, a little bit further. So Australia, for the rest of the tournament, uh, in, the, in the one game that we've got to go against Afghanistan, is really going to need to absolutely wallop them and then hope that 
uh, well, firstly, hope that Sri Lanka beat England in, in their final game, but assuming that England are going to win that and they'll start as strong favourites, that they aren't able to um, beat them by a sufficient margin to, to beat our net run rate. So it's going to be difficult for us to qualify if England do beat um, Sri Lanka. For sure. We'll come back to Australia's uh, next game against Afghanistan in Adelaide shortly. But we had two games today. We'll start just quickly with Afghanistan and Sri Lanka. I thought this was a bit of an upset. What do you think about What do you think about that? I don't think Afghanistan are yet to get on the board, if I'm right. It's been a disappointing World Cup for them, as it, as it was, I think, um, a year ago, that they are um, you know, blessed with three or four absolutely world-class players, and there's been this feeling that at some stage they will really um, set a World Cup on fire and, and make it deep into the tournament. It hasn't quite happened yet. And um, I, I think that, I mean, it was an upset in the sense that Sri Lanka had to go through the qualifying um, stages, whereas Afghanistan was straight into the Super 12s. But I, I think that probably before the game, the Sri Lankans would have been um, warm favourites. And that's it's kind of how it panned out. Indeed. Well, you've mentioned a couple of times about the game tonight between England and New Zealand. Joss Butler got the player of the match for his 73 or 47s. was an impressive innings until he got run out by Kane Williams, Williams, Williamson's arm uh, in that first innings. Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic player. And England, you know, the, the, the Gabba pitch, it's the third game in a row, or third day in a row that they were playing on it. So the the pitch was getting a little bit um, not completely conducive to fluent stroke play. And so I think that England's total was a pretty good one. And obviously the fact that New Zealand were unable to chase it down um, showed it into an even better light. But yeah, Josh Butler at the top of the order, fantastic player. And yeah, you know, Australia um, would love to have a player like him in our side. We've got plenty of good ones, but I think Butler might be just about the best in the world. For sure. I mean, he's... Pretty good form as well, especially here on their tour in Australia. Uh, New Zealand side on the batting card. Uh, I know Finn Allen. He was on, was on fire against Australia in that opening game. What 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 went wrong for them tonight? Obviously, Williamson got forty, and Glenn Phillips got sixty two. But their two openers really just didn't get firing, and no one wanted to make the most of their innings apart from their three and four batsmen, Williamson and Phillips. Yeah. I don't think they, they played too badly. I think chasing um, on that pitch, as I said, that wasn't the, you know, wasn't the very easiest pitch in the world. I think it was a, um, a, a reasonable effort. But I think that, I suppose, if you're going to be really critical, Kane Williamson, 40 off 40, um, he probably needed to score a little bit more quickly than that. And I think that was probably the difference between the two sides, that Alex Hales scored um, 50. He won, I think, just over 50 off 40 balls. And maybe Williamson needed to be just getting a, you know, 10 or 15 more runs off his 40. And that might have really brought them back into to consideration, into calculations near the end. It's a, it's a criticism that Williamson's had to face um, a little bit this tournament. Even in the game that they thrashed Australia, he scored a run of all 20 at a point when they were absolutely dominating and there was no need to play that slowly. So, um, you know, you could look at it the other way and say that at the point that he came in, it was looking like the ball was on top of the bat. If he'd got out... Maybe New Zealand would have, you know, completely crashed away. But um, and I suppose if I was New Zealand, even though they went into the game with a, a very, very handsome net run rate, mm. uh, and it looked like there's no real prospect of their net run rate getting so low that they'd come into a, um, a confrontation with Australia and England. When you were actually in the moment, I think that the nerves would get you, and you'd say, "Look, we just want to make absolutely sure that we're not going to get thrashed here." And I, I think there might have been an element of that in the way that he batted as well. 
for sure. Nine games remaining in the uh, World Cup in the regular season. And obviously, they've got the three finals games after the pool games are done. But I want to change all groups here. South Africa, I think they, in a way, have probably shocked the whole competition. Everyone probably would have thought Pakistan and India were the top two teams in that competition, uh, in that group, sorry, and would qualify. And South Africa seemed to be the, the better team, or them and India seemed to be the better two sides in that group. Yeah, it's um, a funny thing that for, for most of their history, South Africa have gone into these white ball tournaments as one of the favourites. Um, that wasn't the case a year ago, and it hasn't been the case this time round. And you sort of underestimate them at, the, at your peril. They have a, a really top-class um, bowling lineup. It was very uh, adv- advantageous for them that they got to play India at, at Perth Stadium, which was a lovely, bouncy yeah. wicket. And, um, you know, they've got some powerful batters as well. So uh, poor old Pakistan have really shot themselves in the foot by, well, firstly, losing off the last ball to India, but that could happen. But it was the game that they lost against Zimbabwe, which has really put their campaign in, in ruins, really. So it does look like it's going to be India and South Africa going through from there. And um, you, you certainly wouldn't write South Africa's chances off of winning the whole thing. Australia play Afghanistan on Friday at the Adelaide Oval. Obviously, there's a couple of players under injury clouds. Who are those players and who do you think could slot into the to their spots? Well, the Finch, um, David and Stoinis apparently all have hamstring complaints. Uh, it's not certain who's going to be missing out and who's going to be playing. Um, but I think that if, if, if Finch didn't play, then they may well bring Cameron Green in and... Um, if Stoinis didn't play, then maybe maybe Steve Smith might come in as well. Um, it's hard to know. You'd assume that at least one or two of them will play. The, the challenge is going to be for Australia to sort of say, right, the, the, they probably have to throw caution to the wind against Afghanistan and almost risk losing the game in order to absolutely do something to their net runway, which is something that cricketers don't like to do. It's almost a a cliche among cricketers that, oh, we'll, we'll worry about winning the game first and then we'll, we'll think about our net run rate le- later. And I don't think that they can have the luxury of doing that now. I think they have to go out there and say, right, we, we win the toss and bowl, try to res- restrict Afghanistan to something fairly manageable, as in a lowish score, so that we can then go out and try to get the runs in about 10 overs and maybe change the batting order. If Tim David's hamstring is okay, bring him up higher. If Cameron Green comes in, maybe he opens really, really stack it with the big hitters and go go for it. Because England have, as I said, that they're about 0.5 ahead of us. So Australia, even if we were able to thrash Afghanistan, England have the luxury of they are playing after that. So they'll know exactly what they need to do against Sri Lanka. It is in Sydney, my hometown. I mean, it's been raining every day this whole year. So I don't really want us to get into the semifinals through rain. But <laughs> if, if, if the um, the weather could... Uh, help us out on Saturday night, but I had a, I had a check of the forecast, and for a change, it actually looks reasonably fine. So I don't think that's going to get us there. So uh, Australia need to absolutely um, obliterate Afghanistan. Hope that England lose to Sri Lanka, or if they do win, that they don't win by much. Yeah, well, it looked absolutely stunning uh, today at Melbourne or for Melbourne Cup Day at Randwick. So I doubt that there's probably any much rain coming because it was an absolute lovely spring day from what I saw on the TV from Randwick out there in Sydney. So I reckon. It, well, it probably will be nice, but you've, we've got nine games left. Who is your pick to win the tournament as it stands at the moment? I'll probably check in with you closer to the end of the competition, but what? who is your clear favourite right now? 
I, I don't think there's a clear favourite right now. Um, I think that um, if we take the sort of the assumption that the semi-finalists are going to be New Zealand, England, India, and South Africa, and I think those four teams deserve to be um, probably the semi-finalists, as much as it pains me to say it. Any one of them could win, and I, I think that if I had to pick a side, I still think that New Zealand are a really good side, and that maybe. Yeah. This is a sort of the not the loss that they needed to have. That's a, a bit of a tight old cliche. But I don't think that New Zealand will be that. They'll be disappointed, but they won't be crushed by the loss tonight. Um, they've got real power hitting. They've got smart bowlers. They're um, very canny side. And maybe I would just give them the edge. But, geez, I mean, India are fantastic. England are fantastic. And as you said earlier on, South Africa um, are really storming into contention. So New Zealand's my tip, but with absolutely zero confidence. Yeah, for sure. I could probably back that with you. Paul Dennett, thanks for your time this evening. Good on you, Bray. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.